The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a Chief Compliance Officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox, and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again with Russ Berlin, Chief Compliance Officer at Inventive Technologies, for another episode. First of all, Russ, thanks for taking the time to visit with me. Thank you, Tom. These are always fun. So, Russ, you in many ways have been on the forefront of innovation in compliance. Part of that is because you were seconded to compliance quite early in the compliance journey, but also because you've brought innovative tools, techniques, and strategies. One of the ones that has always intrigued me is your creative use and innovative use of communications, tools, techniques, and strategies. Particularly at Bearing Point, you were one of the first people to come up with a compliance movie. So I was wondering if you could share that experience, because in many ways it's as innovative today as it was in, I think, 2007 when you developed it. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, it was 2007. One of our biggest issues at Bearing Point was that we lacked an integrated culture and sort of set of expectations about who we were as a company So many of our people were operating on client sites and really didn't have the interact with one another in the offices. And so we were trying to affect that and come up with a way of really building culture, building expectations about values. And we were looking at some research that had come out from the Compliance and Ethics Leadership Council that said that one of the diagnostics of whether a organization was in control was whether they had highly applicable training Also, we're looking at a lot of the information coming out from Chip and Dan Heath, Made to Stick series. They talked about what does it take to be sticky and really have sticky ideas that change people and change their behaviors. So we took all of that and applied it and came up with an idea of doing a series of videos that were a little bit like The Office. The Office was really in its heyday at that time. So we decided to make a mockumentary about a fictional office that looked a lot like our office, looked a lot like the engagement that people did. So we had Agriva, was the name of the consulting firm that we came up with. We decided we were going to pick the worst possible name that we could. We went to our marketing group and said, we want the worst logo you can come up with. And they come up with some kind of thing that looked a little bit like a sunrise, but kind of like a bloody buzzsaw. (laughs) for Agriva. And then we said, the worst logo we can have. So we said, we say yes when everyone else says no. (laughs) And then we ran focus groups within the organization and just got people's stories. And we listened to stories. We laughed. We wrote these things down. And we heard about so many situations. People were great about bringing us really kind of from the road stories about things that had happened on engagements got with an incredibly talented filmmaker named Mark Havener, and he engaged with a comedic writer out of Hollywood, and they put together the script for this Agriva group. And 
we did a series of videos about them. They were each about six minutes long. There were 10 of them in the first series. We got them in every possible kind of trouble. And what was magic for us was that because these were our own stories, the people at Bearing Point recognized them and empathized with them and frankly laughed their heads off of this stuff because they had been there. They had seen it. It was just funny at this point where it had been really hard before. And then we would follow those, each of those six-minute episodes with someone who was in leadership in the company. And to us, the inside joke was, it always started with, aren't you glad Bearing Point is not like Agriva? Because every one of the Agriva scenarios came from a Bearing Point situation. We just, again, made them funny. And then we would talk about the policies that applied and we would you know, show how it applied in that situation, what people should have done. The response to it was completely unexpected. People went crazy. They loved them. They talked about them. It was the topic of conversation in the, at the organization and headquarters for months because we released them every two weeks. And so people would wait for these things to come out. In fact, we found out that people were looking in the system to see if they had been placed yet because we would soft launch on a Friday. And then on Monday, we'd say, it's out there. Go get it from your training curriculum. And people would be trolling for it on Friday and get it. So out of the 15,000 people that we had uh, doing the training at the time, we checked the system. And one Friday before we'd even announced, 2,000 of them had already watched the, the session that had just dropped. So people were really excited about it. We did surveys before and after. We did some of the diagnostic surveys about where we were at with the culture, and we could see step changes as a result of the training, particularly in one of the biggest ones CELC has identified is, are you afraid to raise issues? Do you have a fear of retaliation? And we saw that drop, which told us that people were getting the message. We saw a number of other areas where we just saw a tremendous cultural outcome. At the end of the first season, people were still excited about it. And we were able to do some little videos that we would drop from time to time using some of the actors, one of whom, by the way, was on my staff. And we had a joke named for him. It was Dr. D because one of the sort of bad characters and it kept calling him Dr. D. And people would spot him in the office and say, hey, hey, I saw Dr. D. Well, he was just a guy. He was an employee. He was working there. But he became a local celebrity. So we decided to put a column on the intranet of Dr. D says, and we would use that for compliance advice. Ultimately, we were asked to and did a second series of about six videos. So, Russ, one of the things that struck me in your description of the development and utilization of these videos was how you developed them and what that led to. You said you interviewed employees to determine their stories. And it seems to me that that engaged the employees in a way to be receptive to the videos, but it also was a communications tool for you as the chief compliance officer, but it was another mechanism for you to garner information. From there, after you had Mark Havner and his team produce the videos and release them, you had increased engagement because people were actually invested in seeing what they had to say turned to the screen. So that made the training more targeted because it was specific examples that employees had raised. And then with your post-diagnostic surveys, you were able to determine effectiveness 
and recalibrate through snippets released later and your conversations with Dr. D and the intranet further repurpose those. Would that be a fair assessment? I think that would be a very fair assessment. We had such engagement at every level. So we had the employees who gave the input initially, who responded to the videos. And this is something I hadn't mentioned, but we had a series of Agriva mugs made, coffee mugs. We used them in the videos. And then we also had some extra cases made. And we told people, write us with success stories. Tell us about good things people are doing and we will give you a mug. These things cost us a buck a piece and people were freaking out over getting an Agriva mug. In fact, we had to give a notice at one point, please don't leave the Agriva mugs on your desk. They're disappearing. So <laughs> we had people who were just coming to us and telling us why in passionate terms, someone deserved a mug and why they had done such amazing things for the company. And the other part of it, like you mentioned, was we had the senior leadership talking on these videos. So they became the mouthpiece of what culture was, of what our expectations were, what compliance was at bearing point. And it got them much more engaged in the conversation, setting the tone at the top. So it just was such a win all around. Russ, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode, but I look forward to continuing the conversation. All right. Thanks, Tom. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.